What is up, beauty queen? We are back with another case study of the week where we have been highlighting the most impressive and inspiring case studies from community members who belong to the stepmom story. And this week on the podcast, we have a longtime client who has turned into a very dear friend. Uh, Krista Confer is opening up about the darkest period of her stepmom experience. And she shares really vulnerably about how a court and custody battle and communication breakdowns kind of changed her stepfamily co-parenting dynamic for the worse. But best of all, she's shared how she's learned to overcome it all. Um, I think you'll be pretty amazed at the humble wisdom and the compassion that she shares in this interview. And before we go into the episode, I just wanted to let you know, we, we, when I say we, I mean, I was having a few technical difficulties (laughs) recording this episode. So a little bit of the show has kind of funky sound quality, um, but it's, it's worth it. So So tune in and I apologize in advance for the sound quality. I hope that you can forgive me and get all the golden nuggets out of this episode that there are. Where would you take your life if you knew you could not fail? I get it. As a stepmom, mom, and entrepreneur, sometimes it can feel like what everyone else expects of you versus what you dream about for yourself are on opposite ends of the spectrum. As a woman, you're taught from a very young age what society thinks you're worth based on how you look, how you behave, and how much money you're allowed to bring in. But I'm here to show you that you can be the woman who has it all and not just on the outside. I'm Brittany Lynch, and you are the queen of your castle. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Queen of Your Castle podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Lynch, with a very special guest today. Today, I've got Krista Confer on the show, and Krista has been a very long time client of Step Queen. She was probably one of the first Step Queen clients. She's now a very dear friend. We send each other Christmas cards and I'm so happy to have met her. You know, that's one of my favorite things about Step Queen. I say all the time is we have the opportunity to meet other stepmoms from all over the world who we otherwise wouldn't have been able to know, you know, like I always say friends don't let friends step alone. And thanks to Step Queen, I've been able to meet amazing people like Krista. So you guys are going to get to know Krista a little bit today. Krista obviously is a stepmom. She's going to share her story with you today and all the growth that she has done, not only in her last, I guess, 18 months inside the stepmom story, but the last few years that that she's been on the, on the step queen journey. So Krista, thanks for being here today. It's really good to talk to you on this sort of level. Um why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, who are you? Where do you guys live? Who's a part of your step family? How long you've been a stepmom? All that good jazz. All right. Well, cool. Thanks, Brittany, for having me. Honored to be here. And like you said, Brittany's become a dear friend of mine. So, so happy to be doing this. Uh, my name's Krista. 
and I am in Durham, North Carolina, and I have a, I'm married. I've been married for, we're going on nine years. So, um, Brittany, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I might be like the longest term stepmom, like Ben one in the stepmom story right now. I might be wrong, but so nine years being a stepmom, but then we dated, gosh, about two and a half, three years before that. So, and actually lived together. So we've been a long time. My stepson is about to be a senior in high school and 18. So I'm sure that will bring lots of um, goodness and maybe a few trials for us. And then I also have boy, girl twins who turn six in September. So um, that's kind of a brief story of me and who I am. Wow. I can't believe I can't 18 and six. I can't believe that. What happened? Where did the time go? And I think when we met Rory had just been born. So, I mean, that's how long we've been kind of working together and friends. Mm -hmm. It's just insane. It is time flies. I remember you, I think you showed a picture of like your stepson's shoes. I was like, where did those skis come from? Like he's just a little boy, but he's not anymore. Um, it's interesting that you say, you know, that you've been a stepmom the longest of, of anyone in, in the stepmom story, um, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12 years that, that you've been a stepmom. Um, I mean, you probably, you probably have been off the top of my head. You probably are the one with, with the longest experience as a stepmom. But the thing that's interesting to me is like, there's this kind of myth that goes around with stepmoms. That's like, all we need is like more time. And then, and then as stepmoms, right? Like all I need is more time. I just need to hold out a little bit longer and then all the shit will disappear and, and, and we'll be good to go. Um, but here you are, like you've been a stepmom for 12 years. And like you said, you know, it's, it's, it's never over. Now he's going to be 18 and now there's going to be this whole other ball game, right? Like if you listening, if you believe that all you need for, for your stepmom life to work out is some more time. Don't kid yourselves. What do you think about that, Krista? That was kind of going to be my conclusion. So we'll just jump straight to it. Um, You know, back when he was eight, nine, 10, we had different things that we were dealing with then. And then you get into middle school. um, And that was when we had twins, teenagers and twins and two-year-old, all that. That was a very hard time. And now we're getting into like independence, senior year, college. Then we're going to have a wedding. So like, there is no ending point. Um, and so you just have to, that's the great thing about the techniques that we learn in the stepmom story is you just keep reapplying them to different situations. And yes, you grow a ton. Um, and there's, you know, we all improve and self-improvement and just learning and getting better, but it's not like, okay, I'm going to get through these 12 units. And then I happily ever after, you know, you just learn how to apply those things and adjust those things to each of those different stages or chapters, because it, it's definitely, you're never done. You're never done. One of my, one of my mentors always says like different level, different devil, right? It's like you get through the toddler years, you get to like school age and it's a little more independent, but now it's a different devil, right? You have an 18 year old going off to college, different level, different devil. And that's one of the reasons that I've made this stepmom story a lifetime program is because you're never done. It's never done. And you, like you said, you get to just keep reapplying the chapters over and over and over each time. It means something different, right? Each time it's yeah. like something else comes up for you, but that's one of my favorite things about, about the processes that, that we have inside of the story. 
let me, let me ask you to go back in time a little bit, hop in your time machine. I want to know a little bit about, you know, where, where and when you met your, your now husband, I guess, 12-ish years ago. Um, you obviously knew that he had a kid when you guys met. Um, what did you think that life was going to be like when you started dating this guy with a kid and, and a divorce under his belt? And how did life turn out? in contrast? Um, so, um, we met in a bar, um, and I was young, I was 24 and we're nine years apart. So he's a little bit older and we met at a bar, whatever we hung out. And then when we went on our first date after meeting a few times, somehow age did finally come up. And when he told me, gosh, he, I guess we're nine years. So he was 30, two-ish, 33. And I said, oh, do you have a kid? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, oh. And I immediately like clammed up because I was joking. Like, oh, you're so old. You're 33. So old. You must have a kid. And then he was like, I do. And I was like, oh, oh no, I love kids. I'm a nanny. And so like, the truth is I do love kids. I've always loved kids, always worked with kids. Just that kind of caught me off guard. First guy I've ever dated with a kid. So, um, like I said, our relationship went pretty fast because of just a lot of outside circumstances. So we ended up moving in together after gosh, like three months and back then. So again, I'm 24. I was still in college. Um, I loved his stepson still do obviously, or his son, my stepson still do. He was six at the time. So fully jumped in as far as like decorating his room and buying him clothes and vacations and fun stuff and being super involved. Um, and now, so a lot of things went well for a while, but then a lot of things went downhill quickly with the whole dynamic of having a biological mom, um, who was also very involved. Right. So at the time I totally didn't get it. I didn't understand why, I wasn't being more welcomed into the dynamic. And now that I'm in my thirties and have six year olds, I I've been, especially because they're turning six and it blows my mind that this is how old my stepson was when I met him. And I go, if my husband started dating a 24 year old, I would flip the fuck out. Let's be honest. Like, and it's like, Oh my gosh. You know, I never took the time to think about how the other person might be feeling looking at this and just was like, I'm nice. Like what is wrong? I love him, you know? And now I can just totally, I can feel it. I can feel what I would imagine she felt. So that's been huge right now. Um, so yeah, that's so full I circle moment. Hey, even <laughs> the fact that there is that there's six, it's like, uh huh, it is. And so I was a nanny, like I said, but the kids I nannied were younger. So my stepson felt old being six. And now my kids are six and I'm like, they're not old, you know, they're babies, they're, babies. they're just six. Yeah. And so, you know, there's just so many things as you go through life, you can look at like that and come full circle. Um, back to your original question about what I thought. I mean, I really didn't think that it would be challenging because it was so great in the beginning and so easy. Um, and then the challenging years really came, you know, in the middle there, that's when it got super challenging for us. So, so Krista, if you don't mind, uh, maybe sharing a little bit about those sort of middle years, the kind of hard, the hard years 
for you as a stepmom without getting into like too many specifics or bringing up too much of the past, what kind of, what were kind of the major areas that, that you struggled with as a stepmom? What kind of happened during that time that, that was really tough for you to navigate? Um, yeah, so the middle years, um, it really got hard kind of like right after our wedding. Um, there was just a lot of change that was happening then, uh, we had, obviously we got married and then job changes, which led to cut, um, schedule changes with the custody. And, um, we ended up being in court around then. And that was what was really hard is just a lot of things happened that felt like we couldn't ever come back from, and maybe kind of haven't come back from, um, a lot of just anger and animosity and things like that, that, just stemmed from that time. Um, you know, that was kind of hard. And then just going through the middle school years, which are hard and just lots of, it seemed like from that point on, nothing could ever be agreed upon without like, if one person presented something, the other was against it and vice versa. And it could never just be like a cohesive co-parenting. So every time an email came in, it just would ruin the night because it's like, Oh, here we go. What's the next issue. And, you know, we just could not all seem to get on the same page. Um, so that was really challenging. And then also, so that was kind of, um, right when we were trying to get pregnant. And so we dealt with infertility issues. And so that kind of just added on top of it was that here we are, um, navigating this hard time. Plus I'm just, all I ever wanted to be was a mom. And all I ever wanted was to, you know, just be loving and provide all this stuff, but I'm being pushed back at an arm's length and basically being unwelcome to be involved and being told I can't do things. Um, you know, and also not being able to have my own children. And so that was just really, really challenging for me. That was definitely the worst part or worst time was during that when I can't be his mom and not that I'm trying to be his mom, but you know, even just like a parent or, you know, someone in that role, but I also can't have my own children. And I remember thinking, what if, um, this is my only child, or this is my only place that I'll ever be anything like a mother. And I'm not even allowed to be part of it, you know? So that was personally just so challenging for me to navigate. Mm -hmm. That sounds super painful up to that point. Like before things kind of got hard in those middle years, were you way more involved with your stepson? Like, were you, were you given sort of that, that freedom to, to make more decisions? Were you given the freedom to be more involved with him where you felt closer? And then this dynamic shifted after those kind of court years, or were you always kind of kept at, at, at an arm's length? So in the beginning, um, I was, everything was like really great, super welcomed into everything. I mean, we had talked of vacationing together, of, um, we were like the room mom together. We, um, like all the things you think like sports and everything. And it was just really great. We helped her move. Like we were all in a really good place, but then, um, I'm not sure what changed again, lots of 
like circumstantial and life life changes happened and it just went downhill fast. And it actually almost, that might've been part of what was so hard is it was just like this abrupt change in what I was welcome to be part of. Um, yeah. Did you notice that the relationship with, with your stepson, uh, changed after that? Like, did you find that, that you were less close when you were given less, I guess, autonomy or less freedom to, to have a parental say in, in his upbringing? So that's a great point to bring up actually, because I think a lot of stepmoms, their struggle is with their stepchildren. And that has really never been an issue for us. Um, you know, from when I met him, when he was six, things were great. Um, everything was great. We had, we've always had a really good relationship. So no, I would not say that, um, you know, what he's thinking or feeling inside, I don't know per se, but you know, never anything that was, um, a big issue. We, as he grew up and, you know, now, like I said, he's about to be 18. We had a little issue, a bump in the road. Gosh, it was maybe two years ago now, but honestly, just such minor things that are just normal, um, with any teenager, it could have been a nephew, right? It did. It wasn't like it had nothing to do with, um, anything going on between the parents. So honestly, that's been our biggest struggle is dealing with the Mm co-parenting and navigating that has been the hardest part. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me or paint me a picture of how you were able to, I guess, release yourself from the pain associated with the fact that you were no longer welcome to co-parent in their dynamic? Like, how did you, how did you get over that? Because from what I understand, anyway, it was a pretty big shift, right? It used to be like you were involved in everything and now you're not. And now that's essentially like taken away from you. You've got to grieve that. How did you heal from that? Like, how did you get over that, that rejection essentially probably is, is what it would feel like to most people. Um, so, I mean, I think that took a lot of personal growth, learning how to deal with, um, you know, being what felt like being at an arm's length in my own family. Um, and one of the things that you taught us at some point was about how you can kind of just always assume everyone's doing the best they can. Um, and that's just huge for me because I know I set high expectations for people. Um, I set high expectations expectations for my kids, for myself, everyone. And so then when people don't do things the way I expect or to the level I expect, that's frustrating, but learning that, you know, just because that's how I expect it done, doesn't mean that that's what they're even capable of. They're doing the best they can with what they have. So again, looking back at, um, this 24 year old coming in and, you know, doing all these things, I can, I can see now I can feel that inside, like why I was being maybe kept out or pushed back. And then, you know, coming over that again, like having my own kids helped tremendously. That was a big step. And then just as we get older and we all kind of like life changes happen again, you can, um, I just, I think I just kind of accepted that it was okay that I was a little bit separate. Can you fast forward now out of these like kind of yucky, dark, sad times, fast forward now to life today and 
Can you explain like, what is life like for you now as a stepmom? How are you now with like that pain that you experienced back then? What's, who are you now compared to, compared to that dark time? Well, so, you know, going through the stepmom story, um, one of, if you, well, actually, if you've listened to anything of Brittany's, you have probably heard of Gina and her hamster wheel. And this is like the tangent your brain goes on. So the first thing we do in the stepmom story is basically kind of work on managing that and managing what she's telling us and what's reality. Right. So um, like I said, when you get an email that comes in and it's about, you know, buying a new, this, you have to get this bathing suit. And then we go into, well, if we don't get this bathing suit, we're going to go back to court and then we're going to have to sell our house and we're going to live under the bridge, which is obviously not going to happen, but that's where your mind goes. So learning to like cut that off right away and just learn that if you don't buy that bathing suit, you will be okay. That was like tremendous. Right. So that's the part where I think that my husband is like seeing the most change because these little, little things would just set you off in this whole rabbit hole. Um, so that's huge. And then the other part was, um, the values chapter, which was my favorite part of the program. So, um, discovering what your top three values are and being able to like have those identified and like sitting down doing the work. So, you know, this is what I value. It helps with making any decisions as things come up, it helps align yourself with your goals. And even though we never know what like a random person or strangers values are, we can understand that not everyone values the same thing. So, you know, probably my, well, one of my top values is um, family. And you would think everyone's value is family, but it's just not, and that's okay. And learning and accepting that not everyone's gonna value what you value, we're not all going to want to make the same decisions in life. So like I always say, education is not one of my top values, but I know it's a lot of people's value is to go to college, get a degree, you know, all that stuff. But for me, I just don't think that's the only way I of course want my kids to be smart and do well, but it's not something I put all of my time and, you know, feelings into because it's just not in my top three values. So I think once you can kind of understand other people's values or that they just have different ones in general, you're going to want and do different things. And with co-parenting, it's so important because that's where I think the, the budding of the heads comes in and not being able to make a decision that's the same because you don't value the same things. So just knowing that is like half the battle. I think a lot of the time people have this like misconception that they're super dialed into what their values are, right? Like a lot of us believe that we are clear on what our value systems are. We know like, oh, that doesn't sit well with my values. But a lot of the time we've never sat down to actually clarify those values. Like specifically, what do we value and to what level? Um, one of your highest values is family and family doesn't even hit my top 10, which is surprising as someone who works with families, right? Um, and I mean, it doesn't mean that you don't value those things at all. Um, but I, but you know, this something that's coming up for me is this, um, 
every time I like pop into those Facebook groups and re- and regret it after those like free Facebook communities that are just like cesspools, <laughs> I pop in and see what people are, what other stepmoms are talking about just to like get, get the vibe. And then I get out of there as, as fast as I can. But a lot of the time, you know, people want people, stepmoms want to pass judgment on, on the co-parent and, you know, like, oh, how, how could that person, you know, spend this, this child support money on a set of nails or getting their hair done or whatever, like that money needs to be given to the kids, which this is a whole other conversation, right? Like how we, how we assign child support and how we decide what that parent should be doing with that money. But I think it like, not, I think it does boil down to, it does boil down to, to values, right? Like if somebody doesn't value family or it's not in their top, like they're not going to associate, they're not going to prioritize assigning a dollar value or whatever to that value. And it doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just this assumption that we all have the same values. And like, I would spend that money on the kids. Therefore, everybody would spend that money on the kids. So a lot of the time when, when we do have conflict in co-parenting relationships, it's because of a values misalignment. And a lot of the time when our partners separate from their first partner, it's because their values are not aligned. So of course there's going to be conflict there. And of course, unless we realize other people have other values than we do, it's going to make things a lot harder because for as long as we believe other people need to act the same way that we do in order to survive, life has life's a whole lot more difficult than it has to be. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, one of our, I'll just tell you, one of our biggest conflicts for gosh, the years probably through like first, second grade till like seventh grade was summer camp. And it was such a conflict. And granted, I didn't do this values exercise till after, but as soon as I did it, and then my husband, we didn't do it like the full, you do a full great, like pick 10 to 15 values. And you walk us through over the course of an hour down to our top three. So you can really pinpoint, because like you're saying, we think, you know, oh, of course I value this. Of course I value, but what are your real values? Right? So once we got there and him and I talked about it a lot, it kind of made this past conflict, like no wonder this was a problem. So summer camps were always an issue because she wanted him in camp like six to eight weeks in the summer. Well, my husband worked nights and wanted him at our house with him. Like why pay for camp when I'm home? I want him with me, you know? And one of my things, the reason why, um, my other values, freedom, and I've been an entrepreneur forever is because I didn't have kids to put them in daycare. I have kids because I want them with me. Those are my values. I want the freedom to have my kids home, the freedom to travel, the freedom to do basically whatever I want, when I want with my family. And, um, that my husbands are very, very similar as well. Luckily, I think that's why the summer camp thing was constantly a battle because it's like, why are we sending him away all summer when we're home? And this is our time. We could be at the pool and in the backyard or go to the beach and do all these things. And I don't know her values again, but assuming hers, maybe were more like being in values, being in educational experiences or social or, you know, whatever it was. Um, I don't think it was a tactic to keep the, my husband and his son apart. Right. I think it was just our values and what we thought a child summer should be spent doing were not or their values, I should say more, because it's my, again, what I wanted didn't matter. I was not the parent. 
but what my husband and his ex-wife wanted just weren't matching up. Mm-hmm. And so, um, once we kind of understood that it was like, okay, we can kind of see why we're, we're so far apart and maybe we can try and come together with that. Mm-hmm. And it must've felt so nice to be able to, to kind of release yourself from feeling like it was like a personal attack, right? A lot of the time, especially in, in high conflict kind of co-parenting situations, we always want to assume that, that it's, that it's always a personal attack on the other parent. It's really hard to get this other perspective to realize like people are doing their best and they operate from different value systems, right? There's a lot of work that has to go into it to be able to get to that place to feel like it's not a personal attack. But it sounds like that gave a lot of permission to be like, oh, okay, right? This, yeah. this makes so much more sense now than, than it did two years ago. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, it definitely, because that is the other thing too, I think, that not only do you have to realize people are doing the best they can, but it's honestly, most of the time, it's not even about you. It's not a personal thing about, you know, me as the stepmom, or it's just, they're doing the best they can with what they have uh, that aligns hopefully with what they value. And sometimes those aren't the same because we're all different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's something else that's super important is like, just is that there's no wrong values to have right? There's no, there's no wrong value system to operate from. The only thing that makes that value system wrong is our interpretation, our judgment of someone else's value system. So, I mean, that's a whole other, that's a whole other thread to pull on at, at another time, I'm sure. Um, I'm, I'm curious, you know, something that, something that um, a lot of clients kind of say, after a short time of working together is that their partners notice a big change in them in a really short period of time. Um, has, has your husband, you know, since you joined the stepmom story 18 months ago or started working step queen programs three plus years ago, has your husband noticed a difference in you, a change in you, in your role as a stepmom? Yeah. So, you know, when we were away this weekend and, um, I was telling him that I was going to be on this podcast and he was like, well, what are you going to say? He's like, you tell me what you're going to say and I'll tell you what I would say. And it's like, okay. So we talked about it. And then he was like, you know, I have definitely seen, um, a big difference in your happiness and the way you can cope with things or you, like manage the way you can manage your emotion and, you know, your reactions to anything that comes up. Um, you know, just, just the ability to navigate the step family challenges. Um, so that was nice to hear that it's something that he's noticed, you know, as a, a third person observing it as well. Mm-hmm. And if you, I mean, if you had a crystal ball, if you were 18 months ago, or eight, eight years ago, I guess, in kind of the midst of your, of your um, court conflict and, and all that, like that heavy, the heaviest time of your journey. If you had like a crystal ball looking into the future at, at yourself now and, and how you handle your step family dynamics now, what would your opinion be of like yourself in the future? How would you, how would you be reacting to watching the way your life actually end up playing out? I mean, I'm sure everyone would say it, but I wouldn't have believed it. I would have never thought that I personally could have gotten to a place where I didn't let things bother me the way they were. 
Um, I didn't let every, just even the mention of a name, you know, get my blood pressure up and upset me. I think that, I mean, again, the work isn't on how to change other people or how to set other people's boundaries or how to stop other people from doing things and controlling them. It's all about working on us and personal development and how we can react to situations or how we can react to even just a specific individual or, you know, and how to set our boundaries to keep us in a good place. You know, um, I love, I think it was on a podcast with, um, I feel like it was with Sarah Gale. It might've been something else. I've listened to a lot of you. I binged, I binged the whole blueprint this weekend. Um, but you're not setting boundaries for the other person, right? You're not saying, oh, well, you can't do this or he can't do that. It's about what boundaries you're setting for yourself. So again, like looking back, I don't think that I, I would have said been like, I, I am who I am and this is how I'm going to be. I'm not changing. They're changing and learning that like, well, I probably learned the hard way. You can't change them. So you know, if you are still in the stage where you're thinking the other person's going to change, just skip that part. Go straight to changing yourself. <laughs> That's the best advice I think I can give. You know, I think I tried for eight years to change everyone else. At, well, not eight years because I've been in this for a while, but too long to change other people before I realized maybe I'll just change. That'll be easier. <laughs> you know? And you would have in in retrospect, you wish you would have skipped that part altogether. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's true. Just again, thinking that having high expectations, obviously being young and naive is what I'm going to give it. Ignorant, thinking that I should have had certain roles in this dynamic. That honestly, like, just let them go. You know. Do, do I still wish that, um, I don't feel like a mother or a parent to my stepson. And I think that that was a hard thing to let go of, but it's okay. And our relationship is great. And I plan to be at his graduation and his wedding and, you know, hopefully be some sort of a grandparent to his kids, but it's okay. If I am more like an aunt or more like, you know, a good friend that can be there for just the good stuff. Cause honestly, why do I, why do you want to be part of the bad stuff? Right? Like, you know, I, I always think like worst case scenario, let's pretend he fails and doesn't graduate. Nobody's going to look at me and be like, where were you stepmom? Why weren't you doing, you know, he's got two capable parents who are, they've got him. I mean, he does have two loving parents that are very capable of raising him. And so, you know, if I would have learned at a much younger age to also just let them deal with him, I can just be part of the good stuff. Um, I think that maybe that would have been easier too. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, the, it's, it's hard. I mean, you said you were 24 when, when you met your husband and the human brain is not even fully developed until you're 25. So realistically, you can't be held responsible for all of your decisions as your brain was, was still developing. I also met my husband when I was 24. So here we are undeveloped brains and stepping into overnight parent roles. It's a big, it's a big responsibility. And a lot of your, a lot of your belief systems get challenged as a stepmom because they're for me anyway, there was this belief that 
that I did have to take all of that on, that I did have to care as much about school or more about school than, than my stepson's biological parents. And I did have to care more about like raising a responsible, productive member of society. But, you know, you and I both have freedom as one of our highest values and, and how freeing is it to be able to be like, this is your mess. I'm not mucking in your sandbox. You guys figure this, you figure this out. I, this has nothing to do with me. What a relief. Yeah. Good stuff. And like, sometimes, sometimes maybe you end up, you will end up being one of their like trusted confidants because you haven't been the person disciplining them and punishing them and taking things away and making the hard parenting decisions, right? Like you step parenting, step momming, step dadding can, can be like you said, like an, you could, you could be like an aunt, but you can develop such an such a neat relationship because you get to essentially pick and choose where to bond with these with these kids, where to step in with with these kids, and it's not plagued with the same kind of conflict that a biological parent child relationship is um, yeah. sort of defined by. You know, I fight way more with Rory than I do with my stepson, like every day, a thousand times a day. My stepson, and I not not like never. We never fight. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> Anymore. <laughs> uh, so yeah. would that be, if, would that be your, if you could go back in time or like send yourself, your 24 year old self, uh, uh, some words of encouragement or words of support to help to the 24 year old version of you get to where you are now, would, what would that piece of advice be? Would it be like, skip the part of trying to change everybody else? Or would you have some, would you have some more advice to offer the younger version of you who is just getting into stepmothering? Yeah. I mean, that would definitely be in the letter that I would tell myself. Um, you know, it's so like cliche to say, but it will get better. Um, it does get better. Granted, I'm sure if you did no work, it might not, but time, time helps with things because they get older. So, you know, for the stepmoms who have like these young four and five and six year olds, I mean, that is tough navigating because they're probably in newly separated families. They're so little, they're dealing with a lot of emotions that they can't express. The, for us, the high school years have been wonderful. Um, you know, he's really a great kid. Uh, we've had very little issues in the, these years. So that's been nice. And, you know, like I said, it will get better. And then just, um, yeah, maybe just letting more things go. Um, it kind of goes back to that. You can't change them. They're doing the best they can. Maybe set up some more boundaries for yourself. Um, and some of my boundaries would have probably been more like, I don't want you to show me the emails mm -hmm. unless it like, totally involves me. Whereas like, we need to make a scheduling um, decision or financial decision. If it, I don't need, I don't need you to show me that she said this annoying thing about whatever. Right. Or, you know, and because, because I wasn't good at coping with it and managing my emotions around it. Um, so, cause again, I think it was, I mean, this could, we can just keep talking in circles. I think my values of freedom felt like they were being impeached on because I felt like I was 
being controlled or being told to do something by a third party, you know? So it's like, just don't tell me unless I need to have a real opinion or help you help you with it, you know? And that's, that I think is hard because for your spouse, you want to be the support and the person they can always talk to, but that's where the boundary comes in, you know, like this isn't healthy for me or the whole relationship as a whole. So we need to you got to get a therapist or a friend or something, I guess, you know, which is absolutely. I can, I can, though, but we, I think stepmoms, we, but we both, we all tend to do it. I mean, stepmoms and our spouses tend to do it. We want our spouse to be that person who is the ear that we talk to all of the time. But when it has to do with something as complicated as step family dynamics, like our spouse usually isn't the right person to talk to about those things. Like, like you said, get a therapist, talk to your friends, join a community who gets it. It, it, it doesn't necessarily make things better to know all of the inner workings of each other's minds and the inner workings of each other's drama. It doesn't necessarily always bring, bring you closer. So I think that's a, that's a, that's a really great boundary not to show each other or not to ask not to be or not to read the emails I can't trip over my words not to read the emails because you know for for me um I would want to know everything that my husband and his ex were talking about because I had this like big insecurity and I was worried that they were talking about something that they like shouldn't be right so so I needed to be in the know just to make to like watch right? To make sure that everything was okay. But all I was doing was drying myself absolutely bananas, obsessing mm-hmm. over everything. So again, not healthy, not healthy and not related to us. Their co-parenting stuff really can yeah. be as unrelated to us as we want it to be. Krista, is there anything else um, that you want to share with our, with our listeners before we wrap up today? Um, I mean, like I said at the beginning, what I was wanting to like, kind of just say at the end is that yes, time makes things better, but we're never done. We're always still growing. We're redoing things, reassessing our values. Um, Gina will come back. Just, um, was the fact that you gave us a lifetime membership once you join once, you know, that was what I love about the story is that you gave us lifetime access. So like, we're able to go back and do the things over. Plus when you like have other free things like the blueprint or whatever, it gets added. So like I said, I binge watched or binge listened to all that, even though I don't feel like there's any conflict or thing going on right now, it's still just so good to listen to all of that and continue, you know, to work through different parts of it. And just because like, so what we have coming up is graduation, you know, next year, which is then college. So this is a whole new like chapter that I'm going to apply these same things to, but just with a different situation. So, um, it does get better, but it doesn't end. <laughs> like, it's not like, okay, bye, you know, and I know that. And, um, I think I have more hope now for things like graduation weddings that, you know, I definitely still have anxiety of how they will go and need to work on getting to those good places, but I have hope because there's been so much good change over the past, you know, three years that I know that we can navigate those things as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been such a, it's been such a, such an honor watching you 
uh, grow sounds sounds so like over you overused, but really you have grown so much in the handful of years um, that I've known you. Like the things that that get your your blood pressure up are pretty few and far between now compared to <laughs> compared to uh, when we first met, which is fine. I'm not passing judgment, but but you know there there definitely is a big. Uh, difference in in the sorts of things that you react to now and the sorts of things that you take personally now and um it's been really it's been really amazing to to watch that happen for you so I'm super proud of you I'm super grateful for Step Queen being able to help us make friends all over the world uh, I'm super amazed and humbled at our community you know there's there's a very specific type of of stepmom that finds her way into the stepmom story community and you're one of them. And I just love you to love you to bits. And, uh, and I'm so grateful for you. Well, we're all so thankful for you too. You put so much work into it. And I mean, the community is wonderful. It's one of my most favorite parts is just the support you can find in there as well. So thank you. Mm, you're so welcome. Now that blow over, we're going to get that retreat. Yeah. Get that retreat scheduled so we can finally all meet in person. <sighs> Thank you so much, Krista, for sharing your story with us today. Um, it's been it's been a really nice conversation. Thank you so much for for sharing and being vulnerable and being so inspiring. You're so inspiring. Thank you. I wanted to let you know about a special online mini training that I'm offering for free for a limited time. It's called Peace love stepmom and not to toot my own horn but beep beep it's pretty freaking awesome peace love stepmom will give you the exact steps to take in order to create more harmony in your step family without feeling like you have to walk on eggshells or bite your tongue or ignore your own needs just to keep the peace because if you are listening to this then chances are pretty good that you know there's a big difference between not fighting and actually feeling peaceful. To enroll in Peace Love Stepmom and get immediate access to this incredible online course, head to peacelovestepmom.com and sign up. It's totally free. You don't want to miss it. So go to peacelovestepmom.com to enroll and get immediate access. I hope this episode got your wheels turning and showed you just how powerful you are. I would invite you to take 30 seconds and tap subscribe to this podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, then rest assured you will never miss an episode. And in no time, spinning your wheels will be a thing of the past. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if after you subscribed, you jumped on over and left me a five-star review and better yet, a written review. I am on a mission to let every mom and stepmom know that you can create the life of your dreams. And I need your help to change the world. The world needs us. Thank you so much for subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. I will see you next week. Oh,
for more behind the scenes action and to get really up close and personal with me and our beautiful step family, jump on over to Instagram and follow me at the step queen. Don't be shy. Send me a DM. Tag me in your posts. Tag me in your stories. Let me know what you're up to and what about the podcast has been blowing your mind. I cannot wait to get to know you better. And Instagram is my jam. I love you so much. I love you so much. Make it rain, girlfriend.